Well, good morning. Glad you guys are here. If you are joining us online this morning, so glad that you are, are with us. If you're here in the room, so glad that you're with us and, and excited to see uh, what God is going to do in these next few moments. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to, uh, to Hebrews chapter 11. You know, last week uh, we continued our, our overarching series, which is Against All Odds. And I continued as what we're going to do is we're going to introduce you and, and walk through with some of these Old Testament incredible uh, men and women of God in the Old Testament, testimonies of faith. And through that, watch the, 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 the theme kind of interweave of one, uh, one scripture, one story, one savior as it's interwoven through the Old Testament into the New Covenant and through the New Testament. And we're going to take this from here all the way to Easter through Lent all the way to Easter Sunday, or as I call Super Sunday. Now, when they said, hey, when we were talking about, hey, the, the, the title of the series is going to be Against All Odds, I said, hey, the, the second week that I'm preaching, I need Phil Collins here to sing the song Against All Odds, okay? Like, that's just, can we work on that? Um, so I, I'm still waiting. I'm hoping they'll come out before we're done today, but so far, nothing. But I was excited because uh, I got to, to, to do a, a fun story. Now, this is the story of, of Noah that we started last week. And remember last week I said, you know, I brought my, my playset, my Noah playset back out, and, um, which, uh, you know, after today, you're welcome to take it home, play with it for a few weeks. You guys can trade it out, whatever you want to do. But remember what we said last week is when we think about this, this is kind of the image that comes to mind, right? Like it's, it's this, it's the, the playset, it's the, the coloring book pages. Remember what also we said is that if we spent, you know, if, if we only talk about what happens above the waterline, that we diminish God's justice. And if we only talk about what happens below the waterline, we diminish God's mercy, God's grace. And I know last week was heavy. We talked a lot about what happened below the waterline. And this week I want to take us above the waterline and, and find out what happens, how, how the story of Noah continues. So... When we left last week, they were still on the boat. So are you guys ready? We got to get Noah and his family off the boat this morning. You ready? Let's go. So we pick up the word of God in Hebrews and, and we start there. And I know as we learned last week, Noah was a pretty faithful guy. I mean, God didn't ask him to do some things and he was faithful. He was, he was, um, he was found blameless in the eyes of the Lord. It says that he was greatly faithful. It says he looked very different in comparison to the rest of his generation. Hebrews 11:7 says this, says, by faith Noah, being warned by God concerning the events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Now, Noah does what God asked him to do out of reverent fear. Plus, it sounded way better than drowning at that moment, right? And so he does this, he does what God asked him to do. And it says here that he was granted faith, he was granted righteousness. Now, now, Hebrews chapter 11, we call that the hall of faith. And there's some heavy hitters that are in the hall of faith, right? There's some names, you look at the names that are in the hall of faith in, in Hebrews chapter 11, and you're like, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and then there's some you're kind of going, huh. But Noah, and he's in there, and he says that he, is, he was granted righteousness. Not everybody has that asterisk next to their name. Noah, great man of faith. It's interesting that in throughout this story, the story of the flood, the story of Noah's ark, whatever you want to call it, that throughout this story, once the, doors are, once the door is closed and the ark begins to take flow, we don't hear a lot 
about the words of Noah. In fact, very little is recorded. I, now listen, I, you, we gotta believe that there's a lot of conversation going on between those eight adults and all those animals, right? But nothing is recorded in Genesis about what Noah actually says. Here's why, because the actual, the actual main character of this story, it's not Noah. The actual main character of this story is God. And in this picture, we see God's faithfulness. We see God's mercy, God's continually above the waterline, below the waterline, even keel. This is just another side of who God is. And, and from this story, I want us to pull out three aspects this morning about Noah's run through faith. And, and this is the faith is a pleasing aroma. Faith is a pleasing aroma. Ephesians 5.2 says, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We'll come back to that verse in just a second. So the reality of this voyage, right, the reality of this voyage is that we, we see the Bible says there's 40 days and 40 nights of rain. Yes, that is true. It also says that the, the ark was afloat for 150 days. Yes, that is true. But if you read the whole story and you do the math, they were on that ark for 370 days. That's right, a 370 day cruise to the mountains of Ariat, full of animals and lots of family drama, leaving tonight at seven, who's getting on board? Right, that just does not seem like it's going to be the scene where we're going to find the aroma of faithfulness. Maybe some other aromas, but not faithfulness. But Noah, he, 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 they get to, to what they think is dry, to dry land. He tests that. He tests the status of the dry land. He sends the birds out. If you haven't read the story in a while, you need to go back and read it. But he sends the birds out. He comes back and he gets confirmation that, they, that they're on dry land. But he waits two more months before they get off the boat. Two more months. They're at dry land. They, they, they can see it. They're there. But he waits two more months. Why? Because God had not told them to get off of the boat yet. I mean, you, you got to think that like he's getting questions like, are we there yet? Hey, dad, are we there yet? Have we made it yet? How do we know that we're there yet? We only know where we're going, dad. Noah's like, my people, come on. I mean, to me, that's kind of like, you know, remember that first time that you, you loaded up all your kids in, in the back seat, your first trip to Disney World? And you know, just like the commercial, you picture this, right? Your kids picture it, right? The door's gonna fly open and everybody's gonna jump out and they're gonna be running in slow motion, see who can get to the front gate fast. Minnie and Mickey are there waiting with open arms and a free balloon. Yeah, it didn't happen for us like that either, but. But it's like this, it's like pulling in the, the parking lot at Disney. Dad, I see it, let's go. Actually, kids, stay seated. I'm gonna take the next 20 minutes and I'm gonna go over the rules and regulations of the park and then I'm gonna turn it over to mom and for the next half hour she's gonna go over our daily schedule today. But dad, it's right there, I can see it. Frontierland, Galaxy's Edge, those cool Mickey Mouse here, ice cream bar things, it's right there. Ready to get off the boat, but Noah doesn't, he stays put. Verse 14 says, in the second month on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out, then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Down to verse 18, they, they went out. It was time, get off. Time to disembark the ark. Let's go. And so they do it. God told Noah to go and do something and then he does it. And then God's voice goes silent for 10 months. 
10 months. Though Noah arrived at what he thought was the culmination of the end of his assignment, the end of his job, he has to continue being faithful, heading in that same direction, waiting on the voice of the Lord before he goes on. You know, I don't know what you're dealing with this morning or what you're facing right now, but you know that God has called you to something. In fact, you dropped everything that you were doing because God was calling you into something. And then when you got through there, just like in the story, God's voice may have gone silent. I mean, it was super clear. He created the doorway, you walked through it, he called you in, and then his voice goes silent. I think sometimes we get too impatient and we lose sight of where we're headed. And we should follow Noah's example here because what he, what he does, Scripture says he continues walking in the same direction until he hears God's voice again. He continues waiting on the Lord, so maybe we should take heed of that example. I know I get impatient sometimes. Isaiah says in 40, 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here's what's going to happen. Eventually, God's voice just like in the story, he's going to show up in your life again. And God's going to direct you and he's going to guide you and tell you exactly what he wants you to do. You just stay the course. Easier said than done. Proverbs 3, 5, 5 through 8 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I love altering that, that my understanding. Don't you? Like we love altering our understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Oh, I got this. I'm walking in something and I'm, suddenly I feel like I'm not hearing God. I'm like, oh, well maybe, maybe he meant this. So I'll go over here. Oh, maybe, maybe he meant this. And the next thing you know, like I said last week, Rob starts following the, the desires of Rob's heart and puts it in the ditch. Right, we have to stay the course. It, 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 trust the process. You've heard that phrase. I, um, I, I coach basketball, my son's team, his school team, and um, my, my good friend, uh, Matt Hand, is here today, the uh, fellow coach and, um, and his family. And so we're coaching these guys. We've been coaching them for, for the same group for a few years now. And, and so this last year, we kind of went up to the next level. And, and so we're teaching these, these plays and these concepts before the season starts. And the first couple games start to happen. And, and they're out there. We're calling these plays. Matt's calling these plays. Like, we're running this. They're like, Okay. And they go out, and, and we're like, we, we've taught them, like, you have to trust the process. You have to go, every, all five people on the court have to go to where they need to go. We'll create a path to get the ball down low, and we score. Pretty simple, right? Except for 11-year-olds. Because everybody wants to go, everybody gets impatient and wants to go where the action is, where the ball is, right? And we have to stay the course. We have to trust the process. And so game one happens, we go back to practice. Guys, come on. Game two happens, call the play, same thing. Guys, come on. Back to game, about game three. Call the play. It happens. We score. These guys go running back down the court like they just won the NBA championship. I mean, they're like, yeah. And they're looking at, they're looking at Coach Matt and I like, it worked, yeah. And we're like, yeah. It did work. And I wonder if sometimes if that's how God sees me. Rob, I drew the play. I don't know what you didn't understand about it. This is what I called you to. Stay the course. Trust the process. I will 
be faithful. Proverbs goes on to say, he says, verse six, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Psalm 27, 14, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. You see, the journey of faithfulness is a pleasing aroma to the nostrils of God. You look what Noah does next as we follow the storyline in Genesis 8:20. It says, then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled, and smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Noah has just spent the, the last year of his life trying to keep all these smelly things alive, right? Making sure they, they're cared for, they're fed, and rationing out the food for, oh, I don't know, how long are we going to be on this ark? You just don't know. And so he does a great job. It's a job. This wasn't like a, a pleasure cruise at all. And, and he does a great job getting all the animals and his, his family there safe, safely. They get off the boat and the first thing Noah does is they have a worship service. He builds an altar and he takes these animals that they've been saving and he sacrifices them unto the Lord. And God was pleased with Noah's, the aroma of Noah's faithfulness. That's what he's desiring for us. Never underestimate how much it pleases God when we are faithful. Never underestimate that. I'm talking about like the, the, the day-to-day faithfulness stuff. You say, Rob, my life is just not that exciting. I wake up, I, I pray, I, I read, read a word, and, and then I go to work and I serve my boss, I serve my, my coworkers, I come home, I serve my, my family. At night I go, I may go to a Bible study, I, I call and check on my friends, I, I do life with them, that kind of thing. Yes. That's the faithfulness. That's the everyday life type of faithfulness. That is pleasing in the eyes of God. That is a pleasing aroma to God. Let that never get old. Let that never get old. Second Chronicles 69 says, um, or Psalm 140 says, but the Lord takes pleasure for those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. Second Chronicles, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless towards him. And I love 37, Psalm 37, 3, it says, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. My favorite version of NASB says, and cultivate faithfulness. Maybe your version says, and feed on faithfulness. It's the everyday stuff. When we are faithful, God is pleased. Next thing faith calls us to is to, to bend and not break. So it would be great if the story of Noah ended right there. Like after they have this great worship service, God is pleased. Noah just goes on, it says Noah goes on to be a faithful man for the rest of his life, never fails. His, his kids and his grandkids go on to be men and women of, of, of great faith in the eyes of God and, and Noah just rides off into the sunset, right? But if you've read ahead, you know that that's not what happens. In fact, when we, were, when we were talking with Pastor Gus and deciding who was going to do which character, he says, you're, you're going to do Noah. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I started reading. I was like, hold, hold on a second, Pastor Gus. I get, I get the verse that deals with Noah in, in the tent, that whole thing. Yeah, brother, that one's yours. 
We got to deal with this. We can't skip it. And, and there's, some, there's some application here. Look what it says. It says, chapter 9, verse 20 says that Noah began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard, meaning he's working in, in agriculture, right? And he's, he's learning his way around the vineyard and reaping the harvest, maybe a, t- a little too much. I don't know what happened. Noah just, just loses his mind here. Takes his eyes off God for a second. And I mean, the first picture we have of Noah is this faithful guy, builds an ark, does this great thing for God. And then the next, we get this, like what, flashback to his college days? I don't know what this is. I mean, this is like drunk, naked camping. If that were a reality show, this would be it, right? I mean, that's not your typical night at, at, at Fort Wilderness. N- not for me, anyway. I don't know. So Noah is, is in this tent. He's, he's, he's in a drunken stupor. He's, stupor. he's naked. And to make things worse, his, his son Ham walks in on him and, 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 and makes matters worse because he doesn't show great respect to his father. In fact, he's like going, whoa, what's going on here? And he goes and, and, he, and he goes out back of the front, he goes out the front of the tent and he gets his brothers. He's like, guys, check this out. He's like, like hey guys, come over here. Let's take a selfie. <laughs> Hashtag don't tell mom. Like this is crazy stuff. And so thankfully, 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 his brothers are, are more mature, they're wiser. And so they say, bro, you need to chill. And to show great respect for their father, they, they put a canvas across the, the backs of their shoulders and they back in to the tent and they cover their their father, and they walk out having never seen him in that way. And and Noah wakes up from whatever this was. His first words are, cursed be Canaan, which was Ham's son. Cursed be Canaan. Because here's the thing, Noah has learned a hard lesson about how serious God is with our sin. We talked about that last week and is deciding in this moment that he as a dad is going to be serious about sin. And he says, cursed is Canaan, but why? He says, because what you did was foolish. What you've done is sinful. So he deals with the sin, and in the very next sentence he says, but blessed be the, be the Lord, the God of, of Shem. <laughs> kind of in the same way that he responded when God reached out and, and saved and rescued his family, and then he got off the boat, and he worshiped and blessed the name of the Lord. Here too he realizes that sin is sin that it needs to be dealt with, but in the next sentence he says, the blessed is the name of the Lord and worships him. You see, this is the part of the story, at least for me, where I start to realize that, that in the midst of our faithfulness that I, I still have the capability of making very poor choices. That, that this is where as followers of Christ, that even in, with great faith, we still have the tendency to act like a fool. The Apostle Paul was dealing this, with this in, in, in uh, Romans chapter 7. He was wrestling with this. In fact, this is what he says. He says, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. What he's saying is because I want to do the right thing. My desire is to delight in the law of the Lord. Verse 22. Uh, yeah. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. In other words, I want to do the right thing, but I've still got this thing. I want to delight in the law of the Lord, but there's this thing inside me that wants to delight in the law of sin. It's what we wrestle with. You see, this is the fight, the battle you and I, we face every single day, right? I mean, there's gonna come a day when you and I will be perfected and when all we're gonna wanna do 
All we're going to want to do is, is worship the Lord and delight in the law of the Lord. God, may that day come soon, right? But right now we're in this place where, where we delight, we want to delight in the law of the Lord, but there's still this thing that from outside influences and what's inside is that we, we have this thing where we wrestle, delighting in the law of sin. And Paul finds himself in this situation. Then in verse 24, he asks this question. He poses this question. He said, wretched man that I am, who, who will deliver me from this body of death? And I think Paul's response to, his, to the question there is what your, yours and my response should be today. He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to, to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks, thanks be to God that through Jesus I have forgiveness. Thanks be to God that through Jesus I have mercy, that even in my best attempts to live a faithful life, I'm still going to fail. And even so, he still offers me forgiveness, grace, and mercy, and still invites me to the table, invites me to be a part of his family. That's who our God is. Third thing that the faith calls us to is to, to build and to, to board. Faith calls us to build and to board. <clears throat> what I mean by that is this. Last week I said, come back this week, and we would answer the question, where do you park an ark? Someone actually like, called in, got message to it this week, that like, hey, wait, I got a place over by the intercoastal. Does that work? I'm excited. So when we get it, we'll, we'll see <clears throat> when we find it. But here's the thing. There are currently two active searches going on right now in the world for the remnants of Noah's ark. One is being led by the gentleman who found the Titanic. Can you imagine raising those two boats up at the same time and tell the contrasting stories of what happened there? Crazy. So he thinks it's out there somewhere near around the Baltic Sea. The other, the other gentleman was, I think, the eighth astronaut that, that walked on the moon. He came back and took over uh, a search in Turkey. And this is where, near the mountains of Ararat, where he thinks this is, and he's having to deal with some uh, government issues with, with Turkey and, and trying to get this search put back on. And, uh, so anyway, here, here's, the, here's the thing. Whatever either of these, these discoveries lead to, it's still not going to answer the question. And here's why. Because sometimes God asks us to build the ark, to board the ark, and trust him with where it's going. You see, when we're serving, when we're, we're being faithful to a holy God, an almighty God, you see, the, a lot of times it's more about the journey than it is the landing. Friend, I don't know what, what God is calling you to today. Maybe in 2021, God's been stirring your heart like, this is what you're going to do. And you're like, what? Maybe God's calling you to, to build an ark and you're like, Rob, I don't even know if I have the right tools and materials to, to do this. I don't know if I'm the right person. God's been stirring in your heart. You're the right person for the job. And, and whatever it is that God is calling you into, I know there's, I know there's fear and trepidation. I know there, there's anxiety about that. Listen, God is calling me into some things to do this year. God's calling me into, into some, some things that I've got to step into. I have to start picking up my hammer and nails and start building my own ark. And for you, that may be something big. It may be something that just, maybe something small. Maybe it's something that serves your entire family. Maybe it's something that, that serves your entire community. Maybe God's calling you to a ministry that has not even begun yet. And whatever that looks like in your life this, this morning, 
I want to pray for you. I want to be faithful to pray for you as you start that building process. Listen, there, <laughs> there is no building permit that will pass City Hall when you can't show them what the end result's going to look like, right? But our God doesn't work that way. Because our God says, step into it, start picking your hammer up, pick your nails up, pick your materials up, start building the ark that I have called you to build. For Noah, his culture looked completely different, didn't understand a thing that he was doing until it started raining. And if you and I are living a, a faithful life and we're preaching that there's a rainy day coming, we better be building an ark in our backyard. Our lives need to show it. So this morning, I, I want to pray for you. I want to, I'm not, no pressure at all, but I, I, I know this. I love those moments when, I, when I'm forced to step into those. God's saying, Rob, step. Here's what I'm calling you to. And I'm like going, this guy? But I, I love those moments. But, but here's the thing. I'm a lot better in those moments when I know that, that, that God's people, when the body of Christ is praying for me and that they're with me on this. And so I, I, I want to just say, like, I want to pray for you this morning. So in these moments, the band is going to come in a few minutes, and we're going to, we're going to celebrate God's faithfulness with communion this morning. Amen. And, and we're going to do that in just a minute. But before we do that, I don't want you to leave here thinking you're going out on this alone. We're all praying for each other. We're all praying for you. And I, I trust that you'll pray for me as I step into what I'm doing this, this year. 2021 is going to look different. Thank God. God's getting ready to do something here at Northland. Thank God. God is stirring the heart of, of, a, of a man and his family right now. They're going to come and they're going to lead this congregation. Praise God. As we step into that, whatever God is calling us to, whatever he's calling us to build, I'm going to give you an opportunity now. If you want to, if you want to stand and be prayed for, whatever, and maybe this, maybe this is about to be an announcement to your family, I don't know. Or if you just want to sit, this is just a moment between you and God, that's great. But let's pray. Let's pray for each other. You can stand or you can sit, whatever you want to do. God, I pray for what you have called us into this year. God, it may be big, it may be small. I pray that whatever that it is, God, you would number our steps, that you would pave the way. God, that you would make it crystal clear that what we're about to step into has been called by your voice. God, whatever we're stepping into, may it look radically different from the culture that is around us. Father, would you embolden, embolden us? Would you give us courage today to, to, to begin to, to pick up these materials, to begin to pick up these tools and building the ark that you've called us to build? God, it, it's gonna be hard in some moments. The aroma is not going to be great in some moments. But God, you will be pleased with our faithfulness. And may we be found faithful as a people as we step into whatever this is. Father, you are mighty. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And all God's people said,